Welcome to the Win Daily Podcast. It's Friday. It is June 21st. We have a large slate. It's Jason Mizrahi with Matt Stryker. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm good, buddy. I'm excited. It's the first day of summer. It's my favorite time of year. Good time of year. Um, hopefully these ballparks start warm, warming up a little bit. We get some hotter weather. The ball starts flying out. This year has been an offensive year. Um, these over-unders are going higher and higher and higher. Seeing games that are going 10 runs, 12 runs deep a lot um, more frequently. So offense is, is winning out this year. So it's been an interesting year so far. I've made some money. I know you made some money. We're attacking from different angles, not just DFS, not just sports betting. We're doing a lot of prop plays, a monkey knife fight, and we're able to produce a pretty strong return, um, consistent return. And to be honest, I'm a DFS pro, and lately I've been gravitating towards these prop plays because I do all my research. I put my DFS lineups in, and it's like all I got to go is click a button, and I'm like, Mike Trout over one and a half total bases. That sounds pretty simple. Um, <laughs> Justin Upton, 1.5 total bases. I think you can both do that. They're facing, you know, a weak Toronto staff. So I've been actually making a lot more money recently just trying to double up these prop plays than trying to hit a GPP for $10,000, which, you know, it will happen, but it won't happen as frequently as doubling up every day. So, I've been pretty happy so far to start the baseball season. Football is soon approaching. But uh, let's get into these games. We've got a big slate. we got the first game with the Padres going into the um, going into Pittsburgh. We've got Eric Lau, which is, you know, he's been quietly good, not great, versus Joe Musgrove. I know you like to talk about this Pittsburgh staff, so I'll let you uh, start the lead here. What do you think about these pitchers? Actually, Eric Lauer has been sneakily good. I don't know if sneakily is a word. Don't let his five and six record and his ERA north of four and a half uh, dissuade you. In his last 10 starts, I think he's held teams to like two earned runs or less like seven times. Uh, Pittsburgh outside of, of Bell and, you know, maybe a player here or there just can't seem to get it going. I feel like the day I tell people to pick on Joe Musgrove is the day that Joe Musgrove fires eight innings. So um, I, for me, it's no play, but don't sleep on Eric Lauer. If you need a value pitcher, I don't know what he's priced at for today, Friday, but so I'll tell you what he's priced out, Matt, because here's the interesting. He, they're both interesting value plays because we don't have too much value at pitching on Fando. So I want to ask you a question. Musgrove is 7,500. Lauer is 7,000. I don't like either offenses here. It's a pitcher's park. I think Musgrove has more upside. Um, equal offenses on both sides. Who do you like if you had to pick one? Because I think they're interesting enough. I think you're going to have to find some value if you're going to go this deep. They might be the two guys you might have to decide on. Um, do you like one over the other? If you are putting the proverbial gun to my head, my, my friend Jay, who tends to do this to me often, uh, then I'm going to go with, with Lauer only because Pittsburgh bats don't frighten me as much as a lineup that at any given night can give you 
Hosmer, Tatis, Franmil Reyes, Hunter Renfro, Manny Machado. There's just more weapons in San Diego. So it would make me want to fade Musgrove. But there, there's a lot of games here. So I can just tell you to kindly put that gun down because I don't have to make a pick here. This is a no play for me. But like I said, if you find yourself building a very expensive lineup with these expensive stacks, then yeah, you go back and you visit these seven $7,500 pitchers. But th- there's other options here today. Yeah, there definitely is. There's, a, there's an option which I think is going to be my guy. He's not coming to the next game that some people might think. Um, we got Strasburg versus Keiko. Keiko's making his first start. You know, for these Braves, kind of, I don't even know what you call this. Is it an early season pickup or a mid-season pickup or a late to spring training pickup in Keiko? I'm not playing Keiko. And again, I'm not playing Strasburg. These Atlanta bats are... They're crushing, man. They've been they've been putting a hurting on any pitcher to get thrown at them. I'm not going to stack the Braves. I'm not going to pitch Strasburg. I'm not going to pitch Keiko. And I'm probably not going to stack the Nats. It's a stay-away spot for me unless you can sell me otherwise. No, I, I, it's intriguing that Keiko comes back and, uh, you know, Nationals batters have not seen him or haven't seen him in a while uh, look at the weather today in Washington. This is a 7.05 first pitch. So I would watch to see if the humidity is up. Is that ball going to lang- uh, ha- hang out there? Is it, is it going to languish in the air? Uh, this is fun. I'm glad to see Keiko, but just like you, uh, I'm not touching this one this week. The next time these two come around, maybe I'll have a better gauge, but no play for me. Yeah, if either of them were going against these Miami Marlins, like Aaron Nola is going to be going against them on Friday night, they would both make sense because you want to attack these Marlins. Pretty much every pitcher. I've been pitching every Cardinals member for the past three days. I started with Michaelis, then I went to Ponce de Leon, and now I went to Wainwright, uh, who hung in there on on Thursday. And now I'm going to go right back to the well. I got Aaron Nola. He's priced way down. Um, he's the clear cut value play on FanDuel for me. 8,700, he comes at a discount over a Bauer in a sale. I still like Bauer in sale because they're great pitchers, but I can save either 3000 or close to $4,000 to, to get both these guys. So I really like going against these Marlins. Um, it is a pitcher. It is more of a hitter's park than a pitcher's park. I would prefer Nola if it was in Miami, but still, I'm going to attack Nola versus these Marlins. And on the backside of things, the, the Phillies haven't done much for me this year. So I don't really see them as a, a stacking you know, spot, maybe a one-off with a guy like Harper if he's leading off again, maybe gets an extra to bat here or two. Um, but I really like Nola. I'm not going to really attack too much of these Phillies bats. I won't hate if you play Hoskins or Harper or maybe Segura. But outside of that, I'm not a big fan. They come at a slight discount, so they do make some sense. But I'm going to stay away from the hitters and just go with Nola here. Uh, as far as this game goes, Sandy Alcantara is uh, – he's got like an ERA north of, of four maybe on the road. Um, yeah, I like Philly bats here. Nola needs this game to get back on track. His ERA – in the last like three starts is over seven. If he's going to get right, then he's got to get right against Marlin bats. Again, look at the weather. I'd watch the entire Eastern seaboard just for humidity and rain and things like that. And the heat index, 
But yeah, Nola is not a bad play here. He needs this game to get back on track. Um, Philly bats, maybe Scott Kingery is hot. And uh, Scotty and I talked about the fact that Scott Kingery may be challenging Scott Engel for a new Scott the King because uh, Kingery's moved up to, I think, third in the lineup and he's absolutely mashing. So um, there might be some interesting plays here. The interesting play is Kingery versus Engel. I don't know. Engel's yeah. got has got him beat with his experience, but you know, I think if it, if it was a foot race, I got to go with Kingery for right. sure. Uh, let's get into the next game, though. Interesting game here: Peacock versus Paxton. I told everybody in Slack. I told everybody weeks ago. I told everybody on the podcast. I will not pick a pitcher versus these Yankees. This lineup is way too deep. When you got Glaber Torres batting eighth or ninth, this is not a team I want to attack. Here, <laughs> um, one through nine will probably, if you take anybody out of this lineup, and I said they're batting three for another team, would you say no to Edwin, Didi, Glaber, even no. Hicks? You know, it, it's just it's crazy. It's it's really crazy the lineup they're putting out there. They're a stack every night. So if you ask me for a stack every single night for the rest of the year and the Yankees are on the slate, they're going to be mentioned. I don't care who they're, you know, hitting against. You saw what they did, you know, on Thursday night. Peacock's been good, but this Yankee lineup's going to get to them again. So I don't mind a Yankee stack. They won't be my top stack because Peacock has been good. But they're they're playable every single day of the week. Um, Paxton, on the other hand, I don't know what to make of him. I'm not playing him. I like Nola, you know, for a discount here. I like Sale and Bauer, who are more expensive to him. So I'm not playing Paxton. Maybe you got an inside scoop on him and you find a way to attack Paxton, you know, being that you're a Yankee fan and all. But I'm, I'm staying away from Paxton, and the Yankees are always in play. Uh, Paxton, as a lefty, I want to look at some of the splits from the Astro batters. I do know guys like Altuve are back and things like that, but but here's the interesting thing about what you said. Yes to a Yankee stack because of this. So Peacock is like four and two with a 2.5 ERA in his past eight starts, but he's allowed four runs in each of his past two starts. He gave up 12 hits, four of them for home runs in 11 and a third innings. To me, that screams Yankee stack, at least until they chase Peacock away. There's definitely a play here for Yankee bats. So you like the Yankee bats here? Yeah. Yeah, I think, like I said, they're going to be in play, especially when they're in New York. Now, if, they're in, if they were in, say, San Fran versus Bumgarner or somewhere else on the road versus a mediocre pitcher, I might downgrade them a little bit, but... You're putting them in a small ballpark with the lineup that they have. They're in play every night, and, and when they're home, they they become even more in play. So I like the Yankee stack. It's definitely you know a thing that you're going to have to look at every single day. Um, when can you get this Yankee stack at low ownership? Grab them. Um, next game, Chris Sale. Don't going to talk much about Chris Sale. He's very good at baseball. Um, people thought he lost it in the first two games, three games of the season, and it was scary for a second. Like, I'm not playing him anymore, but the true Chris Sale comes out, and now he's striking out 10, 15 batters a game. Um, going against Toronto, who I'm not you know, too worried about. Vladimir, I think, is a little bit overhyped at this point in his career. Outside of Vlad, 
Gary Yell is probably their best hitter in the lineup right now, but Hernandez, Grichuk, this is a this is a team that you can pitch against. So Sale is definitely in play. The question becomes, do you need the discount of $3,300 to go to NOLA versus Miami, um, or do you want to have the safety for Sale? I think you you split up ownership between Sale, Bauer, and, and NOLA. I think those are three good pitchers to kind of round out your – your pitching staff on a, on a one pitcher slate, one of these three, maybe two of these three, maybe three of these three, I'm going to drop anywhere from 40 to 60 points. So I don't really think it's a big value uh, value night for pitching. So I think you're going to have to grab the three of them. So I probably just put up my ownership between them. And depending on how much I like these bats and the price of the bats, that will determine how much of each of them I own. How do you like sale going against this Toronto lineup? And do you feel like these these Boston bats potentially um, are in play against Thornton? I'm kind of leaning at no on that, but I'd love to hear what you have to say. Take this game, rub it on your hands, and go lift weights. Take this game, go write out a math problem on the blackboard. This game is chalk all day long. Chris Sale, opponents are hitting like 202 against him this season since he's righted the ship. This is Definitely my pick on game. And you make a great point. Look, I'm going to play probably three to four lineups today, and it will definitely feature Chris Sale. It'll definitely feature Trevor Bauer. It'll definitely feature Aaron Nola. I also like Boston bats here. And to your point about the Yankees, there's a similar point about Boston. Look, when you're building your stacks, you can look past batters one through five. You can build a an amazing six, seven, eight stack here, or I'm not afraid to go seven, eight, nine, eight, nine, one with either one of these teams. So there's Boston bats galore. There's Chris sale galore here. This is my pick on game for at least one of my lineups today for Friday. Let me ask you a question. Who's more, who do you like to, to stack against more Thornton or Peacock? Thornton. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, granted it's the Yankees, but yeah, Thornton, uh, this game is at Boston. It's going to hopefully be a warm night. The Sox need to get off the schneid. I just think Thornton's an easier target than Peacock is, even though, you know, that that Yankee lineup is just, I mean, it's almost offensive how good they are. I think they hit a home run in, what, like 20 games in a row at this point? Something crazy like that? It's it's unbelievable, but listen, this is what baseball's been this whole year. In, in a lot of fantasy leagues, it's the bats that are winning people leagues. The pitching, I don't know what's going on, but it's almost like the league is catching up. But again, halfway point of the season, all-star game, all-star break, I think the ship will right itself as far as baseball goes. Matt, you kind of a little bit. Let me uh, take the lead here until you get uh... – Getting yourself back on track. The next I'm game here. we got, we got these Tigers versus the Indians. You got Boyd versus Bauer. Uh, this lines up as a pitcher's duel. I'm going to stay away from all the bats in this game. I know the Indians are kind of heating up a little bit, but Mike Miner shut them down um, early on Thursday afternoon. Now they're going back home. I think it's a game where you want to attack pitching. I'm going to, I'm going to lean Bauer over Boyd just simply because. Um, Detroit is not that great at, at swinging their bats right now. Bauer's coming off a good game, his first complete game uh, shutout that I know of. And um, he comes in a little bit more expensive, but like I said, the Cleveland bats are starting to wake up. Ramirez, Luplo, Lindor, um, 
Guys are the lineup is starting to strengthen there, so I'm going to lean Bauer over Boyd. No bats for me, Matt. You have the same kind of feeling here between these two pitchers. Actually, Bauer, I think, struck out eight and scattered four hits the last time he saw these Tigers. I I would imagine that some of the Tiger batters are going to be a little more comfortable. But, yeah, I I can't stay away from this. Bauer is a sexy pick. Uh, Boyd. Boyd is deceptive because he's got an ERA that's uh, 3.35, but he has a FIP that's like just under three. And that always tells me when there's a discrepancy in ERA and FIP that the pitcher is a victim of bad luck. So don't only look at ERA, look at FIP. If the ERA is higher than the FIP, it tells you a lot more than than just looking at an ERA. I, I think the Indians are a nice play here, Indian bat stack. And yeah, definitely Trevor Bauer. Definitely. Yeah, I think in, it's between them three. He's priced kind of up where at eleven five, Chris Sale's only $500 more. So I have to lean. If I had to do ownership, I'd probably go, I would say, 40% Sale, 40% Nola, and then 20% Bauer, just because of the price. But Detroit's a, a easy lineup to get through, so maybe 40-30 split. But it's close all the way around. Uh, the next game... Should be interesting. Um, Lopez, which one of the most inconsistent pitchers, flashes <laughs> as much upside as anybody's on certain nights and then can't last three innings the next night uh, versus Gerardo. I'm going to lean on you a little bit here. What do you make of these pitchers? Are they going to show up or are they going to go into Texas and it's going to be hot and these lefties like Mancada, Chu, Santana, Mazar, Calhoun, Cabrera, Ordor, Guzman, I can't pitch Lopez, but is there any way that he pitches a good game against Texas? Because I don't really see it at this point. I mean, stranger things have happened. This is a game for me, so it's Friday. How have I done this week? How much do I have? Do, how much do I want to play uh, Saturday and Sunday? If I'm feeling frisky, I'll throw a little money at this game and I'll play some Texas bats. But beyond that, you make a really good point because you don't know which Ronaldo Lopez is going to show up. There's the Lopez that has opponents hitting like 303 against him. But then there's also the Lopez that we've seen flashes of brilliance from. But if you're forced, there's a Texas play here. And uh, Gerardo has been interesting, but I'm not forced and I'm doing really well this week. I don't want to give any of my money back to the house. So I'm going to put it in my pocket. No play here. Yeah, I think if I had a lean stack, I would force a Texas stack. If I look for one-offs, I think Mancada, Chu, Santana. You know, there's some Ordora Cabrera's cheap. There's some cheap bats here where you can get some Texas exposure. If I see the weather up in the high 90s, I'll give the bats even more of a bump. So should be an interesting game. I do think if you're if you're looking at a game stack potential, this might be the game you want a game stack. Um because they couldn't, they could blow up on both sides. Two pitches that are been okay at times, but really bad at times too. So interesting little game here. I think it's a sneaky shootout game, um, especially if it's hot there in Texas. The next game, Sonny Gray versus Brewers and Chase Anderson. I was all over the Brewers on Thursday. I thought Yelich and the squad are, were going to have a good night. Um, turns out didn't end up being that good and. Shockingly to me, you know, Rourke went in there, six innings, three hits, one on run, seven Ks against these Brewers. So I think people are going to jump off the bandwagon here and and not attack Sonny Gray. 
Um, on the backside of things, look, Cincinnati scored seven runs, you know, versus Brewers. So that was kind of interesting. And Chase Anderson's a guy you can attack. Yelich is always in play. Votto, Winker, Dietrich coming off, you know, some hotter series as, as of late. Thames and Shaw and Mustakis are in play again. This game, again, has another chance for a sneaky shootout. Do you see it the same way, or are you just looking at Yelich maybe as a one-off and, and a couple other guys here as one-off plays? The, the thing that gets me that I look at – so. Look, I'm a baseball nerd. I'll admit it. I'm a pitching nerd. I really like to see what does pitcher A tend to throw? Oh, he throws his fastball 88% of the time. Then I like to see what do batters on the opposing team tend to hit. Uh, the thing with Sonny Gray is he walks guys and he always has to get out of jams. And that would frighten me if I played Sonny Gray here. It would make me want to lean on Milwaukee bats. But here's my stat of the day. Chase Anderson has been throwing his curveball 10% of the time. That, that's nothing because guys are hitting 470 against that curveball. That tells me that Anderson is going to rely more on his fastball and some of his other secondary pitches. That means guys like Dietrich, Puig, these guys are just going to be sitting dead red. And unless Anderson can fool them, we might be in for a really long night. Um, it's volatile. And because there are so many other chalky, sexy pitchers and some other uh, really inspiring bat stacks, I'm staying away from this. But I just want to keep an eye on Anderson's curveball usage and what he's going to opt to go with instead to see what red batters do. And moving forward in your DFSs, guys, you always want to see what is this guy throwing? Oh, Max Scherzer, I know he's throwing fastballs. Oh, Mike Trout loves fastballs. There's a play. Just things like that. Yeah, I think you attack the lefties. I think Yelich is always in play, um, hitting home runs pretty much every other day. Good matchup from him. Votto, you know, some sneaky value here. So there, there's ways to attack this. I would attack it both from the left-hand side. Um, now we got Martin Perez going against Junis. Minnesota, another team that kind of disappointed. They were going against Sparkman on Thursday. They pretty much did absolutely nothing versus him. Got one run. Um, so they kind of surprised people because a lot of people were talking them up. I thought they were a pretty good stack and they kind of let me down as well. So Junis comes in versus Perez, two pitchers. I'm not pitching. Um, after disappointing me a little bit, I don't know if I can go back to the well of Minnesota. I think there's better spots here. Um, it's pretty much a stay away spot, not pitching. I can see one offs like Kepler or, you know, Polanco or Rosario, but, it's a stay away spot for me. You got any points here? You wanna you wanna reach out about this Kansas City twin twin matchup? Yeah. So the Minnesota Twins have the largest run differential in the league. That in and of itself is enough of a reason for me to constantly keep going back to them. Also, I look at Jacob Junis, and I know that they are going to be looking at his pitch count. Uh, last start, I think he had an elevated pitch count. I don't think he got past the fourth or fifth inning. I, I just think that that Twins bats just rake here. And if they chase Junis, then they pick on that Royal bullpen. Uh, one of my favorite players is Williams Astudillo, who, who's starting to, to come back now. I just love to watch him run. He looks like a little turtle. Uh, there's just a lot of options here. And yeah, depending on how they're priced, there's definitely Minnesota bats here for, for stacking like Jenga. All right. I, I, I would definitely lean the twins over the Royals. I'm not touching these Royals. They got 
Nothing in there impresses me. Perez has been a little bit better. Uh, we got the Angels going to the Cardinals. I've been riding the Angels' bats for the last couple of days in Toronto. It's been paying well. Um, Mike Trout is Mike Trout, swinging a hot bat. Walker versus Canning here. Not two pitchers I really want to attack much. Got a lean on one side. Obviously, I go with Canning over Walker. But you know, just from a price perspective, I think there, there's better plays on the slate. So I'm not going to really attack with Canning. And I really don't want too many bats here. It's a pitcher's park overall. So for me, it's it's a stay away spot. There's two mediocre pitchers, Canning being a little bit better than Walker at this point in their careers. But I don't really want too many bats out outside of Mike Trout, who's always in play. Do you see this as, as a full stack potential for these, these teams, or are you, are you staying away for the most part? Well, the Cardinals have this, like, weird thing where uh, yesterday they faced Zach Gallen, and now today they're facing Griffin Canning. These, these are young pitchers that they haven't seen before. Uh, I saw something interesting yesterday. Uh, Zach Gallen, Matt Carpenter at bat uh, pitcher list, which is a great follow on social media. They broke down uh, um, Gallen's strikeout. He threw Carpenter a fastball that Carpenter almost yoked out of the park, but he he touched it just foul. And then Gallen came back with two sliders, and everyone in the park thought the fastball was coming, including Carpenter. And Gallen threw him a change in the dirt, and Carpenter struck out. Uh, what that tells me is that Matt Carpenter is a guy I'm staying away from. Uh, Ozuna, I'm still not trusting him. There's not enough on the Cardinal side for me to attack this game. You're 100% right. Mike Trout is always a play. But honestly, folks, if you need Jason and I to tell you that Mike Trout is a play, then this might not be the podcast for you. Uh, I'm staying away from this game. No play. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, next game, this happens to be a lot of the games that, for whatever reason, the way this slate broke out, don't really interest interest me too much. Um, we got Samarja going into Arizona versus Taylor Clark. Giants offense, not something to attack. I would like to maybe attack against Samarja, but not not an offense that's really been doing much as of late outside of Marte, which I can see having a good day. He's been on fire. Dyson, I liked playing when he was stealing bases. He kind of slowed down recently on the base bats, but I think it can be a sneaky stack, but um, definitely not playing the Giants or Samarja. So I think if you want to grab some of these lefty bats, like Peralta, Marte, maybe an Escobar with Dyson, I think they're a sneaky stack that goes under-owned. Um, how do you feel about these D-backs? Do you like a full stack here, or do you think um, the Shark holds up? Well, if you pay up for Chris Sale, then you're going to have to try to find some some value ownership kind of stacks. This might be the game for it. The Diamondbacks may very well be that stack. You, you mentioned all the players that, that I would be on. But again, the only time I'm going to roster Diamondback bats for this slate today, Friday, is if I had to pay up for Chris Sale. And now I'm looking to fill in my lineup with some some frugal picks. Yeah, the thing is, though, like, Marte is 4000 on FanDuel, not cheap. Right, Escobar that's, that's is $4,000. Yeah, Escobar is 4000 Only ones that are going to come in cheap, Dyson at 2900 And if uh, Vargas is in the top of the lineup, um, he's 2200 So you might be able to get some value. You'd have to go digging. Can't grab one of the, the top guys. But there's a spot or two here that you could grab um, some of the value guys that might make some sense. 
Uh, next game, you got Ryan Stanek in Tampa Bay going against Anderson in Oakland. Again, not too sexy of a spot for me. You got a, you got two pitchers aren't aren't going to last long in the game, um, but it's bullpens behind them in a pitcher's park. I would like to play maybe some A's, maybe some Rays, but it doesn't really make too much sense to me. So again, I'm not trying to you know finish the podcast, but it's just not really a spot that I can talk too much about. Unless you want to grab a one-off like Meadows or Lowe, makes sense. Chris Davis, for the most part, is going to be seeing, you know, some bullpen action. So he's always in play, Alston's in play. And, you know, there's some power here. So Semi and Chapman make some sense, but not a team that I'm really going to attack. Any any points on this? Anything that I'm missing here in, in this Oakland matchup? No, so when when I was a younger man in college, friends and I would get together and um, perfume the air with some curious fragrances, and we'd form a little cipher, and, and we'd all rap. I was into, like, atmosphere and Aesop rock and all this stuff. The, the, the verse here is <laughs> raise A's, no play, no way. It's just there's nothing sexy here. Uh, I would like to get on Tampa Bay, but I just I don't like the ballpark. I had too many, too many things are up in the air for me here. I just yeah, no, it's it. Here's the thing. And I say it all the time. You don't have to play every game. It's okay to keep your money in your pocket, or it's okay to put three lineups in with Sale, Bauer, and Nola. Or if you want to get cute, maybe grab a pitcher here or there. But you don't have to force yourself to play. This is the kind of game where you hate yourself after you play this game. No way, no play, nothing. Same thing in the next game. I'm not going to – I'm selling a broken record now, but I'm not playing Orioles bats. I'm not playing Mariners bats. I'm not playing Leak. I'm not playing Yacobonis. This is another stay-away spot. If you need some value, I guess you can grab, you know, one of these cheap lefties in the Baltimore lineup or Malik Smith or – these offense are they've given up on a season. They're not playing for much. I know it's June, but they're there's they're not good teams. They're trading away talent. There's gonna be more talent leaving these teams probably, you know, as the season progresses. I'm staying away from this game. And um, I don't even think you can talk me into any playing anybody from this game. It's a it's a pitcher's park with two bad pitchers, but two anemic offenses. So I'm staying away again from this game. And I'm going to avoid it from from every perspective. So I have a thing that I say with a buddy of mine. I hate this game's face and legs. <laughs> Whether it's Yakabonis, Means, Bundy, whatever. I find myself like wanting to throw money against Baltimore. But then I, I look at Seattle. Yeah, Mike Leak's okay. And I look at some of the Seattle bats. But again, unless I'm forced to find some underpriced bats, I just... This game, honestly, look, I love baseball. I, I might not even watch this game. Like, I think I'd rather watch college baseball or the Women's World Cup than actually watch this game. So, yeah, no play here. Yeah, and the last game, a game I would like to watch, a game that I think, you know, will be as much of a pitcher's duel as a pitcher's duel can be between the Rockies and the Dodgers. But again, it's it's a weird spot here. You have in this case you have two really good pitchers against two really good offenses. Marquez's price is cheap. I I've been pitching Marquez as much as I can, but am I gonna pitch Marquez even at a discount versus this heavy lefty explosive lineup of the Dodgers? I just can't do it. There's you know, he's seventy six hundred, so 
FanDuel is tempting you to pitch him, but for an extra $400 or $1,000 and get a guy like Nola, I'm going to take Nola. You know, versus a team that's so much easier as far as matchup goes. So, again, Marquez is is off the off the player pool for me just simply for the matchup. I'll spend the extra thousand. I'll find a way to spend the extra thousand dollars to get Nola in my lineup. You know, so I'm going to stay away from Marquez. And then if it came down to it, now from a, a Bueller standpoint, kid's been good, but is he Chris Sale good? No, he's not Chris Sale good. Is he Trevor Bauer good versus Detroit? No, I probably want to have Bauer over over Bueller as well. I think Bueller. The only thing that you can sell me on Bueller is he'll be underowned. You know, when people see the other names, this game's a late game. You know, from an underowned perspective, these Rockies do strike out. I can see the play, but I'm going to put Bauer and Sale ahead of him and Nola for value ahead of him. And I'm not grabbing any bats because these pitchers are too good to to stack against. So I have a little like ledger, a notebook. Uh, every time I make a DFS play or any type of play, I, I just write it down. That's just how I am. I used to be a school teacher. And the two teams from which I have made the most money this year are the Minnesota Twins and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, I saw a stat on social media yesterday that made me go, oh, that makes sense. The top three pairs of guys on the same team to hit home runs are Cody Bellinger and Max Muncy, Cody Bellinger and Jock Peterson. And I want to say it's uh, Cody Bellinger and like someone else, or maybe Christian Yelich and someone else. Yeah, there's opportunity here. You could definitely play these Dodger bats. You make a great point that FanDuel is definitely trying to tease you by pricing Marquez that way. But like you said, if you could pay up a little bit more and grab yourself Aaron Nola and feel better about it, then you're doing okay. Also, this is a 10-10 first pitch. I always like to see how have I done throughout the rest of the day? Am I up? Am I down? Do I want to play this game? Do I need to play this game? Um, outside of that, it's it's Dodger bats. Uh, Bueller, yeah, man, these Rockies, they can hit. So no Bueller, no Marquez. Other than that, I think the only other game that we left off was the Mets and the Cubs. I think it's Vargas versus Darvish. And again, I just, you know, maybe Cub bats. Uh, Vargas left the game with an injury last time I saw Darvish is not you, Darvish. But beyond that, man, the big plays here are, like you said, bro, Bauer, Sale, Nola, and then the bat stacks that we outlined. Yeah, I think pitching is easy, uh, easy kind of thing. It's those three guys. Um, that Vargas and Darvish game is a 220 start, so it's, it's not going to be on the main slate, and it's not going to be a single game, you know, so it's not something to attack. And then from a hitting standpoint, hitting is kind of tough. You know, it's it's kind of tough on Friday because you have a lot of aces on the mound. When there's a lot of aces on the mound, you know, picking that right stack becomes a little bit more difficult because you got guys like Sale and Nola and Paxton and Bauer and Boyd and Peacock. These are all, all guys that are, like, kind of tough to attack. So I think the two games that stand out to me at first glance here, you know, early on Friday – it's this Texas White Sox game with Lopez and Gerardo. And then it's a Brewers-Reds game, Gray versus Anderson. I don't think the Brewers are going to come into the game upset that they got blown out with Tanner Rourke, and they're going to show up, and hopefully they get a little bit you know, lower ownership. I think those are the two games from a, from a hitting standpoint. It's going to be hitting environments, um, good hitting teams you know, for the most part. And I think you might have to stack up the Brewers with – 
the Rangers at, at first look and then, you know, really contemplate, you know, your thoughts on Boston versus Thornton, which is, you know, they're going to score some runs or the Yankees versus Peacock. So I think when you look at things, those are to be the games, the, the, the White Sox-Texas game, the Cincy-Milwaukee game, and then Boston and New York bats. So I think you have two complete game stacks and then two games that, you know, have potent offenses versus a little bit tougher of uh, a matchup in Thornton and Peacock. You see any other teams you want to mention before we get off the air? No, to me, it's you have to assess yourself personally as the listener. Are you down or even for this week? If you are, then go chalk the, the pitchers that, that Jay's been saying and then and look at the obvious bat stacks, the Red Sox, the Indians, the Yankees, the Twins, even the Brewers. If you're ahead and you're playing with house money, then get crazy, folks, and, and go right ahead and make some kooky lineups because I don't know about you, Jay, but when I hit big – it's on a lineup that I almost don't even care about. Or it's a lineup where I said, you know what? I'm going to get crazy here. I'm going to go this, this, and this. And those are the lineups that always cash out for me. So it all depends, man. If you're up for the week, get crazy. If you're down or even, stay chalk. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. So thanks, everybody, for listening again. Um, we hope everybody has a very profitable Friday night. Um, we've been doing good on all our platforms. We're really trying to help. Um, people in this premium slack. So if you're listening to the podcast, I hope you guys know by now after about 50 episodes that we have a website called windailydfs.com and we launched our premium services. So just a brief description of what you're getting with premium. You're getting a Slack channel. Slack, think about it as AOL Instant Messenger or Facebook Messenger or those old school AOL chat rooms that I know Matt was in You know, back when he was a teenager Um, but these chat rooms are all focused on DFS sports betting. So we have a, a chat room, a Slack channel that is dedicated to MLB. We have one for WNBA. We have one for CFL. We have one for PGA, NASCAR, monkey knife fight. We're just putting in prop plays, lineups, um, strategies, games. We like pitches. We like sports bets. We like, um, so that Slack channel is really providing you you know, basically access to me and Matt and Scott Engel and Mark Paquette and Wes Anderson, DFS pros will live and breathe DFS and sports betting and prop plays. And now we have premium users in there because these premium users are are smart people. They're people who know that, you know what, to gain an edge, I need to be around other smart people. Let the ego aside and invest $19 a month to be in a group of like-minded individuals that are going to teach you how to get better at your game, see things that you might miss. And for $20 a month, if if you find one day you win $100 on Monkey Knife Fight, you've covered your first five months right there. Or if you hit a good lineup based on the play that I put in the Slack channel throughout the day as my opinions change and more information comes out and you hit your lineup, if you can't afford $20 a month to gain an education and gain some some different perspective and some learning and some knowledge, you probably should not be playing DFS and shouldn't be sports betting because 20 bucks, you're talking about two or three Starbucks. If you can't afford (laughs) two or three Starbucks, I don't know why you're betting. I don't know why you're playing DFS unless you're playing free games. And if you're playing free games, you know what? Check out our free articles. We have four or five articles. This podcast is free. But if you want to start winning some money and turn this into a profit center for you, 
and make it a little more exciting and educational, you got to hit up these tools that are premium only, projection models, premium only. A meteorologist, it's been a lot of rain lately, and he saved me to stay off some games, be on some games that you know people were scared on. So you got to make the investment of 1999. I know we're doing a lot of free stuff, but this this premium content is is guaranteed value. It's the lock of the night. It's you know if you speak to the users that already signed up. There's a couple of guys that follow me on every single Monkey Knife Flight place so far. And I think they're probably up six, $700 already. And they're only on premium for the past week and a half. So it's a no-brainer for me for $19.99. We tried making it as affordable as possible. And $19.99, like I said, if you can't afford it, you probably shouldn't be playing DFS. So check out their website, windailydfs.com. Matt, I hope you have a great weekend. Let's make some money this weekend. And uh, Yankees, best lineup in baseball right now or what? Uh, arguably, absolutely. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe someone would say the Twins or the Astros or the Dodgers, but they're definitely in the conversation. And to your point, and this goes beyond sports betting, folks, you get what you pay for. Everyone knows it. Everyone listening right now has kind of cheapened out on something and bought the the less expensive item and realized, oh, man, this thing broke or this thing sucks. You get what you pay for. So think about that when you're out there trying to win money for yourself. It's a small, you know, nickel in the bucket to get on board with a lot of this premium stuff. Because if you're not, the guy next to you is, and he's winning your money. Very good way to put it, man. Because, you know, the, the information is out there. Unless you have another way of finding the information, the $19.99 a month, that's less than a dollar a day. If you're playing DFS, like most of us every day or 15, 20 days out of the month, you're investing a dollar a day. Think about that. If you're risking 10, 20 or a hundred dollars a day in DFS and you can't invest a dollar in knowledge, that's not a good value proposition um, to yourself and to to the money you're putting out there. So me, Matt, Scott, um, everybody else, we're really trying to be helpful to make sure that you, you're getting an education, you're learning how to fish, you're learning how to make money. And at the same time, we're joking around, we're hanging out, we're talking to each other. There's also free rolls. Um, There's a free roll tomorrow. Um, We've been throwing up free months memberships, $20, $30, shared entry into a tournament, all bunch of stuff. So there's, there's fun stuff going on in the chat, joking around, you know, messing with each other. So there's a community sense there too. So you're getting that community for free. You're getting the education for for nineteen ninety nine, which you'll make your money back hands over fist. So have a great weekend, and we are out of here.